Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with his good friend, Dion from Dion Talk. How you doing, buddy? Howdy, doing great. Looking forward to this video because it's not often that we disagree. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Um, some of the most watched and entertaining videos people tell us, or at least tell me, are when we disagree. So we have a topic that we disagree on. And frankly, it's, at least in the real estate game, it's the most important topic for 2023. And, and I don't say, that's not hyperbole. Uh, the question about interest rates in 2023 is market moving. I believe they're going to go one way. You believe they're going to go others. And based on who's right, the real estate market could be entirely different next year. So uh, you are the guest. I will let you share what you think transpires next year. So the first thing I would like to share with people that are watching this video is I have an opinion of what can happen. And Mike has an opinion of what can happen. They're very different. But I have a plan for whichever way it goes because I think it might go the way I expect it to, doesn't mean that's the only way that I'm planning. I'm planning on Mike being right mm -hmm. and me being right, having a plan for both. Absolutely. So I am I can pretty much guarantee I got the timing wrong. Uh, yes. Normal? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. We're almost, I mean, we're a couple months away where I'm going to be sending you a I... bag of pennies. Got the bag already. <laughs> I'm going to send you a hundred pennies for you to shadow box. Mm -hmm. Normally, inflation is caused by cheap money. Correct. People can borrow money, grow their companies, and it causes inflation. People have money to spend, so prices can go up because there's mm -hmm. too much money chasing too few goods to steal your verbiage. Correct. But that's not what happened this time. We had low interest rates in 2020, but that was to try to prop up an economy. We had unemployment because everyone was sent home. Not, you know, I say everyone, but the majority of people. We had extra unemployment, extended unemployment, stimulus, PPP loans. Um, companies could pay people their wage while they sat at home on PPP loans, because that's how you get those loans forgiven in some cases, yep. or pay their wages with them at work and get the loans forgiven. But all this helicopter money coming. Mm -hmm. So prices went up. Regardless, and for the grammar people out there, dis irregardless of low interest rates. They didn't matter. Prices went up because there was so much more money. So now we have inflation. We have seen record inflation. And we're not seeing, we, I think we agree on this one, we're not seeing inflation reported correctly because we're using that owner equivalent rent, which is a joke. I mean, rents in my area at tenants request went up 20 to 28%. So they went up more than that at not tenants request. So inflation is high. And, and so we would want to see what happened in the 70s. Inflation started to go. So we jack up the interest rates until inflation is curbed. 
I expect, and this is where we disagree, and I won't put any words in your mouth. I'm just going to say what I say, and then you say what you say. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to raise interest rates, and inflation is going to continue. I don't think it'll get worse. It might go up or down, but it's going to stay in that 8 to 9%, somewhere in there. I don't think it's going to drop to the 3 to 2% that they want for a long time. And people are going to realize interest rates at 10%, 15%, 20% won't impact it. Because what's happening is businesses now are having to borrow money at a more expensive rate, which doesn't make them drop their prices. People still have money to spend because we're seeing record wage inflation, not from wages increasing at a company, but from based on your recommendation too. People are changing companies and you see a much larger increase to wages when you change companies. So we're seeing wage inflation. We're seeing prices being driven up by higher uh, interest rates. Mm -hmm. It's not going to cause companies to lower their prices. If that truck driving school that I was working at has to pay more to borrow money to buy more trucks, prices for students will go up. At some point, this is where I think we disagree. I think somebody might eventually put two and two together and say, we're going to have a massive recession and a massive depression because people can't afford to buy things because prices aren't coming down. So they're going to lower interest rates again. I called it by the end of the year. I was off on timing. Yeah, there's no question you're off on timing. You just about, you just send the hundred pennies now. <laughs> Elon said it this morning. He, he did. Said, hey, the Fed should cut by uh, was it 25 basis points? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, um, so basically, with again, I think, again, I, I I mean this with every word. The most important decision and why I'm not calling the housing market next year is interest rates. If interest rates, let's just say they're six, they're six point two eight as of end of day yesterday. If they're four percent next year, I have one thought. If they're eight percent next year, I have a completely different opinion. You are on the track that interest rates will be closer to four than eight next year. You think at some point rates come in, which allows thirty-year mortgages to come in. That's kind of your belief. You originally thought this year you're going to be giving up on that shortly. Now you're saying next year. Is that kind of fair? I'm yes, because I'm saying I got the timing wrong. And yeah. I, I'm the first to admit, uneducated, half the experience, right? And in, in time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You you more way more experience than unit count too. Um, so I'm probably wrong. And that's why I started with this is what I expect to happen, and mm -hmm. I have a plan for it. Mike's probably right, and I have a plan for it. Yeah, I think I think that was a wonderful way to start. Cause again, I don't I my crystal ball is just as broken as yours. I may have more experience, but sometimes more experience ties you up in knots and you don't see whites in front of you, right? I could be seeing the forest and missing the tree and it's going to whack me. You might be right. And like you, I have a plan for both. In fact, I put my I started my plan nine months ago. I got out of all interest rate debt risk I could. But trust me, if rates go down, I'll refi some stuff and pull more money out. No problem, right? So I, I like you, have a plan for both. I... um. I appreciate your opinion. Uh, I think it is. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of people uh, that see a Fed pivot next year. They did see a Fed pivot this year. I think yesterday's CPI hopefully wrung that out of people's belief. Nobody can see a Fed pivot this year, given what we saw yesterday. I think a lot of people will just transition to next year, March, April, May. Certainly possible. Do I know? No idea. But as somebody who has studied this for a while and, oh, by the way, did a 52-year spreadsheet, and I've gone back to study the 70s, Arthur Burns, 
again, what people need to realize, Paul Volcker gets a lot of credit because Arthur Burns fucked up. Arthur Burns is the Fed president pre-Paul Volcker who is called the Great Inflation. I have gone back and studied those folks and the decisions they made when they made them because it was so consequential for housing. Housing crashed 50% in transactions. Price never went zero. At least never zero nominal. They certainly went negative in real. And again, that's why I talk on my channel, real, nominal, all that stuff. But here's the deal. When I, when I sit back and look at the few tools that the Federal Reserve has, Jerome Powell, he is right now the transitory joker. If he were, if he were to leave the Fed uh, office today, transitory would be hung around his neck because he was wrong and it was embarrassing. He is now looking at this in a new term. I think he's got six years or five years left, whatever it is. And he knows from a personal history perspective, he does not want to be the transitory guy. So he is looking at this because, again, he's talked about this in Jackson Hole, his eight-minute speech that took $80 billion off the 1%. He wants to be Paul Volcker, not Arthur Burns. So until proven otherwise, I have to believe him. So what does that look like? To me, that means at a minimum, we see no rate cuts next year. We may see a long pause. We may see a long plateau. But inflation is especially, again, back to yesterday, core inflation, which I've been jumping around for the last three or four weeks, is the problem, not headline. Because headline is being jerked around by the petroleum reserve or strategic reserve, whatever it's called. And um, inflation is going to be sticky longer in its wages and its services and its rent. And uh, unfortunately, the Fed's got only a few tools, and they have to have demand. The Fed has to cause demand destruction and a negative wealth effect. The Fed has to punish Dion and I. Dion and I are in the top 10%. The top 10% own 70% of all assets or 60 or whatever it is. We are going to get hurt. Either we get hurt fast and thus recover, or it's like pulling a Band-Aid off. And right now, I don't think Paul, Jerome Powell has the stones to hurt us quickly. So I think he's just going to keep pulling it off. So again, I think it's timing. I think we have zero rate cuts next year. I think we get to what's called a terminal rate of four and a half, which is the Fed funds rate, the peak. It's called terminal rate. <clears throat> and then we stay there. I think you might be right. I think we may see Fed rate cuts because we have a deep, dark recession. Again, you've heard me tell you. I think 2023 is going to be the worst economic year of my life. But I don't think they come in and save it till 2024. And oh, by the way, what is 2024? It is an election year, folks. So guess what happens when you're the president of the United States? You certainly don't want to be Jimmy Carter and head into a recession or in a recession during the election. That is not good. But yeah, I, I think 2023 is going to suck. I think housing is going to be in a recession. I can't see any rate cuts. I think I think there's a very good chance we average six and a half to seven on the 30-year mortgage, and we might peak at eight. So I I and I'll close with this. I hope I am wrong. What do you think? I think there are channels that call for a housing crash in price. 
there are channels that call for prices to go up. There are channels that call for prices to stay flat. There are channels that call for interest rates to go up and interest rates to go down. I think the people looking for an excuse to do nothing will find it mm -hmm. and pay more if they eventually ever do. And even if they don't, they're going to pay more because they're still renting mm -hmm. and their opportunity cost. It's always a good day to buy a great deal. We should be hunting and doing the work now. And these are great conversations. I like having these conversations. I like watching your content. I like watching content where people are wondering what's going to happen. So I can think of maybe possibilities I didn't consider to make a plan for it. Mm -hmm. But don't put all your eggs in one basket and don't say, it's going to do this. So this is my only option. Yeah. I, uh, if people watch my channel, you know, I have, I have a lot of fun guessing what's coming. It's, I don't know why it's intellectually stimulating for me. And I like putting my name out there to see what happens. Um, I have no idea. My, my latest opinion, which, which really came together in the last 48 hours is I think uh, real estate or the housing market enters uh, nuclear winter, frozen tundra, polar vortex, whatever you want to call it. No train, like transactions crash 50%. And then March, March, I have no idea what happens in March is unemployment six and a half, or is it four Are interest rates seven? Or are they five is GDP down 4% or up one is the stock market at 5,000 or 2,500. I have no idea. And I can't form an opinion about next year, probably until February or March. I have, I, there are so many, is the war in Ukraine over or still going is China invaded Taiwan or not? I mean, there's, my head is exploding with all of these variabilities, but I do know to your point, I will be doing the work every day. I will only be writing great deals. Good left the building. I will be getting 30-year fixed rate debt. I will make sure they cash flow day one, and I will buy more properties next year uh, than this year. So I'm excited for what's coming. The tide is going to go out. There are going to be lots and lots of people hurt. It's my job to find two or three great deals just build the portfolio a little bit. What do you think, Dion? Nope. Sounds like the plan that everybody should be following. Figure out what your goals are and work towards it. Don't think you need a specific set of circumstances to happen in the market for you to take action. Yeah. The biggest thing about all the crash channels that bother me today, because it used to bother me because they were just mathematically wrong, right? Calling a crash in 2020, which some of them did was stupid. It was mathematically idiotic just bad. Now I am most irritated with crash videos because I think their intention is to cause people to do nothing. If they were going to create a crash video and then close with, you know, get a buy box, do the work, buy great deals, I'd be okay with that. Because who the hell knows? I think crash videos with the intention of causing people to do nothing is wrong. I have no idea if prices are going to go up or down. I have my opinion. I think they're going to be boring and flat, but who cares if they go down? I, I've said this a thousand times. I want prices to go down in Fresno, California. I want them to go down 70%. Can that happen, please? But I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, I think crash channels. Now I, I believe crash channels exist now because I think people want permission to do nothing. And that's not okay. Even if you think stuff's going to crash, you should be doing the work. You should learn average. You should know what a great deal is. I think waiting on the sidelines and doing nothing is bad, bad, bad. Agreed. Yeah. So, Dion, where can people find you? Right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Ciao.